You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You are entering the experience known as PHP Ugly, episode 242. You're so lucky. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me is John Congdon. I, what happened to the I have nothing, I have nothing, and you come out of the gate like that? That was great. I just vomit stuff. I, it's, I don't know where it comes from. And Tom right up. I am actively not vomiting. I, 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 throw up in my, my, I throw up in my mouth a little bit before every show. I <laughs> Still got those nerves, I tell you. Keep it going! How's everybody, how was everybody's week? Look, okay, you brought up vomit, so I gotta tell the story. Oh, sitting Jesus. At, sitting at my desk today, and I look over, I'm like, what the? What's on my ground next to my dog? He he threw up all in my office, and I'm like, he, like he, my wife and kids gave him like a ton of edamame, and I could tell it from it was just so gross. Sorry, I didn't mean to gross everybody out. That's <laughs> sorry. We we want those people cutting 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 uh what's it called cutting rope early. Just get them off the podcast. We don't want them listening. We need to uh we need to have them bail early. I think you did a good job there. Jack. Perfect. Perfect. Is everyone watching the uh, the worlds right now? This the world disc golf the disc golf worlds tournament going on right now? <laughs> yeah. I what mean, the, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. No, you're being too generic there. Of course, I'm watching. Yeah, the yeah, worlds. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, that's what's on my screen right now. <laughs> yeah. No, Vander Fluffin is just doing amazing. Um. No. <laughs> Eric, how was your week? You start us off this week because we always go first. And you I know how my out. week was. Oh my goodness, my my entire week has been on the phone with you. I I have not taken so many meetings in a week. I think since I've left Enterprise. I, I oh, I mean, we had a pot. We had a couple podcasts to do this week for a PHP Architect, and I literally literally ran out of steam. Like I couldn't even think of anything creative to say. It was exhausting. I, I I am not a fan of meetings. I just am not. They were all meetings we had to take. So one of the cool things we're doing as I fill air and wait for time to get back is we have, this is all on John and I'm giving him all the credit in the world for this because he's a good person. He's a much better person from that perspective than I am. But we've had a couple of, of employees now with Diego Dev who have been out of country and we consider them employees, but the way we have to handle their, their payment, you know, how we pay them is different. And more importantly, they don't get the benefits our U S employees get. And this has always bothered John me. I'm like, yeah, fuck them. They move to the U S if they want benefits. (laughs) Land of the free, motherfucker. (laughs) But uh, this has always bothered both of us. And finally, we took action this week to kind of solidify the fact that they are employees. We're going to give them benefits. They're going to get insurance. They're going to get life insurance and all that other stuff. They get get paid time off. So it's kind of cool. It it felt like, I don't know, it felt like a, a, a good step for us. To, to do, I mean, there, there is there is the we're protecting our ass aspect of it too because we're, we're 
we're we're not tax people and we're not finance people, although John does a really good job at it. We're and we we're always people. we're always <laughs> asking like we're we're always doing research like are we are we legal? Are we doing this all legal? And we have been. There's no question about whether or not we've been legal. But again, it didn't feel right. Like they didn't feel like full employees to us, and it, it's always bothered us. So when we started, when we started looking to fill a position, and the question came up again of, okay, are we going to just look for U.S. because we were getting so much good talent that wasn't in the U.S. as well. And we, John's like, you know, we just, we've got to fix this. We've got to fix this now. Before we can do anything, before we can move on, we've got to fix this. And he fixed it. It fixed it fairly yeah. quickly, too. That, but it, it did take a lot of phone calls, like he said. Oh, God. It Mon- take a lot of phone Monday calls. was just back to back. So we not only do we have our normal meetings going on then and podcasting, interviewing the companies that can help us with this trying to make a decision, then running numbers, and how are we going to make this all work? It was a very busy week. But I'm super happy with the company we went with and how it's working out. What makes it so difficult? Well, so you can't just like get an employee in another country unless you have a business in that country. So Mm -hmm. the two ways of doing it are file all the paperwork, open up an a business, Diego Dev, in Canada or any other country you want to do business in, which takes a lot of time and a lot of money, or you use a third party that already has those relationships set up. So These entities we, set up. Yeah, so we, we we interviewed a few different companies that do this, and they all do it a little bit differently. So there are some that they go and they find businesses within the different countries. They find their own third parties that you hire your employee works technically for them but they report to you or report to us and, and yeah we pay them and it's our benefits so and I, I i don't i don't know how much john wants to pimp who we went with but the group we went with was very interesting from a geek perspective because they the the owner in a lot of the company came out of gitlabs uh, right yeah. it was gitlabs <clears throat> wasn't it yep yep yeah uh hmm. yeah so and I like them better because they didn't do this third party thing. They actually are taking the time. They're they're moving more slowly, but they are actually setting up entities in the different countries and hiring in those countries to handle uh, legal and taxes and uh, all of those different relationships versus being another third party. So. Some of the companies you go with, you hire that company, they go to a third party and hire your employee. We went with remote.com, who does it differently. They have the entities already set up. And, and like they seem very geek focused. Yeah, and, and they're they seem more high tech. Yeah. Interesting. And it's interesting because they're 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 so they're not doing anything we can't do ourselves. If we wanted to, we could we could create an entity in Canada for Diego Dev, go through the process, all, all the legal process, and you know make everything legal. It's a lot of work and money for one employee, which is the reason why there are services like this around. But they brought up some interesting things that like John and I hadn't even thought of. And the biggest thing that that kind of hit me for a spin was that legally they they pay the employees in that country's currency whereas the way we've been doing it there's there's a chance that what we're paying them and what they're receiving can fluctuate fluctuate based on exchange, exchange rates. rate yeah 
Right. And so now they know they, they're, they're, they're uh, salaried employees. So they have a, they have a set amount of money they're getting every week and that's what they're getting. It's not going to fluctuate with exchange rates or anything else. It's just, they get this every, and, and when they get paid, some, you know, countries can dictate, like they have to be paid every two weeks or they can be paid once a month or something like that. So they know what that's going to be as well. It's just things like that where, you know, we just, it, it, it just felt good. It's like, wow, I, I feel so much better that they're being treated correctly now. Like we've always felt like we've done as much as we could for them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but there was always like these question marks and now it helps, it helps, it helps when you have a contractor say, I would like you to do this. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We want to do it and we just, it takes time. So mm-hmm. th- is this going to be, is there's going to be an ongoing headache or is like, it's a done deal. You just don't have to worry about it for now. So now it's anytime we want to hire somebody outside the U S we just go to this company, say, we're going to hire so-and-so, here's the country they're in. Based on that country and location, you fill out a questionnaire. Again, every country having different laws. Uh, so you just fill that in real quick. They they send off a, an employment contract. The person decides if they want to sign it or not. And then you're done. Hmm. It's not cheap. I mean, it's definitely a costly service to have. But <clears throat> Okay, so how do you bear that cost? Is it up front when you decide that you want to hire outside of the country? Or once the person has said, I will work for you, then you start bearing the cost? Once the person says, I, I will work for you. So it's a monthly fee per employee that this company makes. So obviously, us as the employer have to take that into consideration when we're discussing salary. It's like, okay, we got we have this plus these fees over here just like any employee relationship you have to take in all the additional costs um taxes and any sort of benefits that you're going to have oh i guess people should should join us over in discord yeah tom, tom how do they get there uh discord.phpugly.com uh we've got i mean we've got php internals people we've got twitter superstars we've got uh fucking steve <laughs> fucking steve fucking steve <laughs> uh, they're all there it's been interesting this week i've really liked uh going through discord when i when i get the downtime to do so uh eric created it's a fascinating the, conversation yeah eric created the some help please channel which i have not taken uh good enough advantage of because i am i am hardcore testing for the first time now and it has been giving me a bit of a headache with Why object mocking that? and well what, what well before you say that what what mocking library are you using mockery okay um although laravel has a sort of a built-in functionality for mocking objects that are instantiated through the uh application service provider so like you can just if if an object gets declared the right way in your Laravel app, you can just say mock this when it gets declared and it works. And it's great. I'm just having trouble with a new factory that I've written getting to that step. Really? Why um, is that? Because factories are normally the easiest thing to mock. Well, so in Laravel, there's a there's an uh, app. You, you keep throwing that word out there and then I'm going to say, oh, I don't know. I know. That word was Laravel in I, case you weren't paying attention. Well, the, the, okay, the question the question is, is why are you having trouble with that? It's usually easy and it's because I don't know what I'm doing. Oh. <clears throat> um, I'm just creating a new class in the middle of 
my application. That's why. Know. Yeah. You can't do that. Well, I guess with right. Laravel, you can, if, like you said, through the service provider, it says, okay, instead of using the this concrete class, use this mock. But in general, I find to make things more testable, you should not be using new anything. Your factory, which shouldn't that's my have... Problem. Right. Your factory should be able to be uh, injected via the constructor of the method. Like auto-injected, you don't have to worry about it. Well, I'm doing a lot of new-to-me stuff in this application. Um, the big thing is that I'm, I'm building a structure for uh, a very extensible API system of API calls. And one of the things... Now, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Sherry Wheeler, the great Sherry Wheeler said, let me go ahead and vent about Laravel all I want. Eric's not allowed to interrupt. <laughs> I, I'm trying to understand why you told you, you, Sarah Goldman to shut up. What ha- what's going on? What am I missing here? I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to kick you off the, off the podcast, man. <laughs> Sarah made a South Park joke. Oh, is that a South Park joke? <laughs> yes. Is your reply a South Park joke? No. <laughs> <laughs> my, re- my reply is just punchy. <laughs> I stand by my my message to you in Discord, Sarah. I will fly to Colorado and kick him in the nuts for you. Just give me you give me the go ahead, Alpha hey. Team, go. That's you. Just say that, and I'm bold, going. Bold statement from a man with half a target. <laughs> low blow. That's a low blow. Anyways, literally. Have you seen how tall he is? It's not that low. Anyways, uh, well, I started. You are using- all over the place right right now. I started using Laravel resources to build my API call, my outbound API call. And I realized that Laravel resources require you to pass in the request object for no good reason. And and that just started, it just started me down a road of being pissed off about some of the stuff with Laravel where. But but I I do that often where you need a request object. Sure. But it's not, it shouldn't be mandatory. And if you look up APIs in Laravel, one of the things that drives me crazy is it's all about producing an API, not consuming APIs. There's not a lot out there to streamline consuming an API. Oh, Eric this is, gonna, is why Eric's going to hemorrhage. What's going on? This this is why I love having PHP internal people here. This is not what you're saying is not a Laravel issue. It's not Laravel. Sarah Goldman has posted because of PSR, 7 or 15. They're not really sure which one, but it's both, a PSR thing. Both. It's a request response thing. <clears throat> right. Thank you. So, but, so don't you, be but, mad at Laravel. Don't be mad at Laravel. But when you go out there and look up APIs in PHP, 99% of what you find is about producing an API, not consuming an API. And Laravel feels the same way. Laravel is about producing APIs not consuming APIs. They have the wait, new wait, HTTP are you, client. Wait, are you trying to consume or are you trying to produce? I'm trying to consume a lot of APIs. A lot then of why would different... You, then, so why, then why are you using why are you a, resource? a resource? Thank you, Joe. Because a resource, <laughs> a resource produces the API request format that I want. I, the, the APIs that I'm consuming want JSON with lots of data, Base64 encoded files... You can do that. You can do that all without using the the resource collection. 
Right, but the resource. So, so basically, you're trying to use it wrong, and you're mad because of how you have to. Right, I'm, how I'm you have to be, work I'm mad, it. I'm mad because there's no solution out there for but, standardizing a good format of an outbound request. There's lots of solutions for inbound request consumption, but a resource is the perfect uh, like the, I mean, the just, way that a resource is structured is the perfect HTTP way for consuming. Resource. Just create your own trait or HTTP resource. I'm going to. I guess. I guess. I, yeah. I guess I don't understand. Like, like a request. Like consuming. I do this because the client we have. I actually. We actually have an application that all it does is create uh, the create um, controllers to consume resources from different services because the response from from the service i mean i, I don't know how you're using it but for us That's right like, you every response for us every response is different like what information we're getting back how that information uh is, is right. presented to us so again it's it's you you create a base class that does a simple api call then you extend that class for each different service that you, where you need the customization i don't I am but not getting why this, a, a, this is a, a resource. Is this your chip? Is this your chip you've been walking around with? Today? Have you tried it in Livewire yet? Maybe you should do that. Oh <laughs> it's not a Livewire thing at all. What's that? My issue is that the resource without the request object being required is perfect for formatting data to consume an API. Well, just use the builder, the Laravel whatever to create the resource and then change it up. That's what I'm going to do. But my chip, like Eric was saying, is that API consumption is given way little less com- less concern than API creation. And I, I have... I don't understand one, I have one service. Though. I have okay, I have one service that needs to standardize 10 API calls. They all do the same thing fundamentally and mm-hmm. generate the same positive or negative response. Mm-hmm. But they all have different requests that are required. That's so hard to standardize. I mean, that's why. But it's not on my like end. Gu- on my end, it's just a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Right, like, but, this but, is, th- but you can't standardize exactly what the. Ours is. You can't right, but you can't necessarily standardize the consumption because every API request, like just because you're using some services that are similar, I mean. You start talking to a different API service right. that's returning XML instead of JSON. It's you can't no, no, that's, standardize and that's, on it, and that's fine. But that's why the resource is the perfect solution <laughs> for consuming. Because I don't. The, the, it sounds like you're just using the word resource as a name. It's I, I don't understand why why you keep leaning towards the resource. That's that's not what a that's not why how a Laravel resource collection is designed. So you can stop saying resource if you're if you're using it for consumption because that's not that's not the purpose of, of that collection. So what you're exactly what you just talked about, exactly what you just said is the APIs we have. It is the exact same thing. We consume endpoints from several different services. We have to standardize on uh, standardize and normalize the data and give our client the same response every time and it's just you know like i said we just had to create our own controllers to 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 handle each service well what i have right now is a factory and a base abstract class Mm -hmm. that gives me that lower end of the funnel where the things just turn into true or false Mm -hmm. the 
concrete versions of my classes need to have a similar format, hence the abstract class. So what do I do for formatting data for the API request? If I want all of these requests but to look the same you, at a you don't have point, you don't you don't have the you don't have control over the format of the request, right? Because each service is expecting different different information. Right, but I can control the architecture of the requests, I can say, hey, the, I'm going to make a request, so it's going to use this request object. What's this request object going to be based off of? Well, I, I'm still so lost. Why Why this is a Laravel resource issue and not it's just... Not, it's not now. This, oh. <laughs> Fine. Okay. So, 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 so basically, I mean, what we ended up doing, it, it, we, may, we may have even deviated from this, to be honest with you, but the, the original... I premise was th- that that initial controller that everything extended was just I mean it basically just boiled, boiled down to HTTP request right or HTTPS request and then each service container would would structure how it was packing that request Be- and again I, I don't know your specific use case but in our use case the requests were were dramatically different from service to service. Well, let's say I had to look up a person based off of their first name or first and last okay. name. Sure, sure. And I've got 20 services that provide different amounts of data depending on what that service provides. Okay, right. that's fair. Like they can, one can tell me my address, one can tell me my car type, mm-hmm. one can tell me my, you know, house or, or income or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're all originating from the same bulk of data in my user record. Okay. So, so I, f- I feel like there should be, there should be a, a, an ability to have a standardized formatter with, you know, that gets extended. Yeah. And, and Sarah, that's where, or not Sarah, Roger pointed it out on YouTube. It's a, a DTO, DTO, a data transfer for object. So, okay. So Laravel doesn't have a DTO structure. But I, I'm so confused. It sounds like you're so locked into Laravel and Laravel's way versus being the developer how do and I, how do I mute creating your him? solution. How do I mute <laughs> yeah, John, I'll tell you how to do it with Livewire and Vim. Just oh mute John first. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's a DTO. And I just need to do more reading. That's why we're here, man. To make each other look bad. And come up with solutions. God Speak. damn it, we're good at what we do. And hey, and hey, Spotty has a DTO package out there for you. Look I at know, that. I know. Imagine that. Imagine that. I had I had <laughs> one of my coworkers suggest a package today, and I looked at it, and the URL didn't say Spotty, and I immediately shot it down. <laughs> just, nope. He said it's a bit of a work in progress, and but it does what we like. And I said, yeah, it doesn't say spotty at the at the beginning of the Git, the GitHub link, so that's not going to work for us. <laughs> uh, remember last week how I told you uh, Derek was going to come and give a presentation on Xdebug? <clears throat> yes, Derek. It who? was Derek Reathens, creator of Xdebug, gave a little presentation to the group, and oh my god, it was very awesome. I mean, I, I still get to tell my favorite story every time Xdebug comes up, and how. You know, we are where we're at, and we told it last week because of XDebug. Was uh, he angry? About. Angry? No. I, I just... Whenever you talk to John? When, no, like, whenever I read any post by, by him, it seems like it's just this, like, 
Jesus Christ, I can't believe I have to explain this to you people. Okay, XD no. Bug has to hook into here. No, he, he was awesome. He went through, you know, the basics and some more advanced things. And then afterwards, we broke up into small teams to try and tackle some bugs and show the people that don't use XD Bug how to use it. And I used a really weird hack of XD Bug that I found fascinating. So... Normally, you know, you do your, how do I say this? We were stepping through a bug that was being reported, but it was in a post. And I didn't feel like setting up Postman or trying to set up the actual request within uh, within my account. I just wanted to get to the code. So I set a breakpoint at the beginning of my controller. And the first thing it's looking for is, is this a post? So I get to that point. And I override a variable and say, yes, this is a post. Keep stepping through. When it gets the data, it's not in the post data, so it's blank. So I override it and I set that data and keep moving on. But usually when you're doing debugging like this, you're going to go through it two, three, four, twenty thousand times, you know. And I, I didn't want to at every single step override those variables. So I did a conditional breakpoint. And I don't know if this is a PHP Storm specific hack or it'll work in anything, but Normally, you can set a breakpoint and say, break here when this variable equals this. That's a the spy. Hack, whatever. The, the hack is, instead of using $A equals equals 15, $A equals 15. So basically, I used a conditional breakpoint to make it look like I was in a post, that the variables were set the way I wanted them to be, because they weren't part of the post payload, so that I could get down to the section of code that I was actually actively trying to debug. I thought that was fantastic. And for some reason, I'm hearing echo. Nobody cares. I think conditional breakpoints are a new thing with uh, XDebug 3 as well. No. No, no, no. no, They've been there. I I don't use them nearly enough. They're they're so awesome. Especially in a loop. Doing it in a loop. If you want to break in a loop, but only once it gets to the the 1,000th item or you know a very specific item of your array, they're fantastic there. But... um, using it that way was another, it was just an interesting way to use it. And then there's more advanced features of uh, XDebug within PHP Storm that I didn't even know were there. Now I can't even remember what they were. Um, but the... Visual Studio too. Probably. Sure it's in Vim. Have you gotten XDebug working in Vim yet? I did. Uh, I think I told you this last time. I Well, okay, I can't say I, I, I do now though. Yeah, that's a whole thing. But uh, but the last time you, you asked me this, I couldn't remember it, if I had it working on my Linux machine. And Jesus Christ, Tom, I'm going to fire you as the OBS person. Uh, but yes, it was there. I, I tested it. it. It was working great. Now, I mentioned this last week. I, I'm, I am iterating through a bunch of Vim configurations currently, and I have not reinstalled the plugin for XDebug. I need your I'm help. You I, st- I started c- customizing the other night. Like I stayed up late and was like installing a bunch of plugins. And now when I start them, I'm getting all sorts of errors and I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll show you where, where I'm at right now. I'm actually very happy. So I've dropped that, uh, that conquer of commands, which I was praising about earlier. Now, I, I don't know if I'm totally sold on that yet, but I, but Neo them, it continues to add features. Like, this is the thing, this is one of the big difference between Neo them and straight them 
is the features that get added uh, seem to be coming quicker. But NeoVim now has support for it. It has native support for what's called a language server protocol, LSPs. And it's the same technology that's behind PHP Storm, VS Code. And it's a standard. It's a standardization out there that uh there that's been that's been defined to write these language servers um so vim neo vim now has this out of the box it's kind of what command and the command and conquer uh, conquer of commands plugin brought to neo vim and conquer of command is still available for straight vim so it's still there but uh but i, I dropped that now i don't know if i'd like it yet but it does seem pretty complete. And uh, I dropped a bunch of plugins that I was using before, like a ton of them. Because it, it, the biggest one, the one that's freaking me out right now is I dropped NerdTree, which NerdTree was the was this interface that allows you to do file navigation. And I, 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 haven't, I haven't reinstalled it yet, and I kind of want to, but I got some direction. Of, no, 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 just use this instead. And I'm trying it out. I don't know where I'm at with that one yet. But... I, I dumped a, p- a bunch of plugins, and I also found somebody who has—I don't know—I think a fairly sane uh, starting point. He's a YouTuber. I'll send you his link because he comes out—he comes out with some fantastic, uh, fantastic videos. Every time I'm trying to think of something to install or I want to know how it works, it seems like this person has a video on it. I'll—I'll I'll send you his link. You can take a—you. Probably you've already come across them. Uh, yeah, I want to see it. You can put it in the show notes, seeing as last week we had zero show notes. That's <laughs> a great point. That's a very great point, and I will it's... do that. I, I have to I have to look him up and see, find find where he's at. But uh, yeah, I'll do that. Good point. Yes, we had no show notes last week. I mean, even like whatever we talked about on the show, we didn't put in there, which is <laughs> weird. <laughs> All right, back to XD bug. Um, Yes. Xdebug Cloud is amazing. I, I mean, it's a little slow and clunky, but I mean, if you're using it just for debugging, say, in production, it's fantastic. Okay. So explain Xdebug Cloud for me, because Eric was like so super weirdly against it. But Eric was? I, yeah, I think it sounds great. What what exactly is it doing for us? You just love making me the bad guy, don't you, Tom? How do I, how do I mute? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so xdebug cloud is basically a, a proxy service so if you you think getting your web server hooked up back to your local machine usually you have to go through firewalls your nat gateway your router you know there's stuff yeah yeah there, there's hurdles there to jump through where with xdebug cloud basically your web server talks to xdebug cloud your browser talks to XDebug Cloud, so it's basically like a proxy. And what he's trying to do, and he has some work to do around it, because all in all, XDebug 3 is way more secure than XDebug 2 was. Right now, you have a an API key for your server that you're using, but that doesn't allow multiple users to use that same machine. And when he started talking to us about it, you know, we, we started bringing up some other concerns. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to fix that before 3.1. <laughs> <laughs> Because where he's going with it, we could all each have our own API key to XDebug Cloud, and you basically pass it to your web browser or your web server and say, all right, I am API key one. Now you can communicate with it separately from me, right? But the problem is Joe Blow down the street happens to have an XDebug Cloud account and connects to your server and says, hey, I have 
API key four. And you're like, wait, four isn't part of my account. So I have an API key. Give me the code. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's the code. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that's super scary. Uh, Hopefully he can. We gave him ideas for how to get around that. Hopefully he takes that to heart. But the fact that when you're working in production, sometimes you only run into a bug because of production data, whether it's the sheer amount of data or something's configured a little bit differently in production than it is locally and you can't seem to recreate it. Jumping onto a, a production box, turning on Xdebug and going is great. Yeah, it seems like a <clears throat> seems like, despite what other people have said, a, a nice idea. Yeah, I, I, it is. I don't know if, if you guys are being serious or not. Uh, Another thing that came up, because XDebug does way more than just step debugging, it does profiling, which is huge. Okay. It does code I, coverage. I'm going to I'm gonna expose myself here. Oh, God, not again. I thought the courts asked you not to do that. In a, in a different way than last time. <laughs> uh, step into and step over. Yes. I've looked, for, I've looked for good answers on this for a long Super time. Super easy. Super simple. Okay, go for it. Step over. If if you're at a line with a function, step over. You don't go into the details of that function. You just get the result. Step into, you actually go into the function and you keep stepping through that specific function. Is it so functions or is it any loop? Any, like any, 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 any bracketed thing? Any, any time in your stack where you branch off to go to another place in the code, step into goes to that place. Step over goes and runs everything else until it gets to the next line in that same file. Okay. Excellent. It's as simple as that. It Step over just goes to the next line in the file that you're on. Step into, even if it's in the same file, goes deeper into the code. And then you can keep going through that. Perfect. Um, step out just says, whatever function I'm in, I'm going to step one step out of that. So it gets to the return statement of the function you're currently in and then stops you at the next Point. But it's still it's still executing the code in between. Right, exactly. It's not skipping. Right, it's not skipping. It's just, it's not wasting your time making you look at every single line. All right, all right. So step over, step over would be like setting a breakpoint at the next line and hitting play. And then just letting it get to that point and stopping again. Right. Um, again, going into the other things that Xdebug can do, like profiling and code coverage. Code coverage is amazing just as far as your tests go. But like my mind was blown. There's a really cool way to find dead code in production. Turn on code coverage and let it run for just a small amount of time because it's going to generate a lot of data. But you then take all those files, concatenate them, and you'll find all the code that is actively being used on your site. And then you can start finding code that's not being used and then determine if it's really like, did it just not happen to be called in the time frame you were testing or you were running the this code or is it really dead unused code and you want to get rid of it? And you know, there's, a, I, 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 there's a number of packages for PHP that actually use that. Um, they, they take that data from the, the code coverage and analyze it against your code. It's called tombstoning. <laughs> uh, so if you hop on packages, there's plenty of tombstoning packages out there. Yeah. I, I wrote my own for this application where we actively add a tombstone to that section of code. And if it gets hit, it sends a Slack message saying, hey, for some reason, somebody hit this code and here's the request information, the server information. I love that idea. I absolutely love that idea. We need to do that more. I love the name. Tombstone. Tombstoning something. God, I just (laughs) want to do that in a video game. (laughs) Okay, I got got Vim questions in Discord I want to answer. So buckle up. It'll be quick. 
Uh, buttery, quick. buttery crumpet. Yes, you are correct. Uh, Neovim with L- uh, LSP does require the five branch. That's supposed to be coming out any moment now. It's, I, I've been running it for the last two or three months. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, because I use a plugin that that also requires it called Telescope, which is is just an awesome plugin. That, um, so that, it's super stable. That that Vim question was so good he hit puberty. Now your voice okay. went up an octave. Yeah, my went voice. Up an octave yeah, for a second. <laughs> Darling, data. Uh, no. Uh, so I, I actually don't use a Vim info file. Uh, I but. In Vim Info, Vim RC, whatever it is, uh, you don't. It doesn't have to use the same uh, uh, configuration. What a lot of people do, and I am kind of, I think, recommending against it right now. I'm not sure, even though I did it, and just about everybody else who switched to NeoVim did it. But uh, NeoVim actually doesn't have a Vim RC file, or, or or it doesn't overlap any of the existing Vim files. Uh, the, the main configuration file in, uh, NeoVim is, uh, init or yeah, init.vim. Um, so, but uh, what a lot of people in the NeoVim community are doing now are breaking out their files a lot more. It's, this, that's kind of a, a, a thing. Uh, but what some people do when they first start off is they symlink their, uh, init file to their VimRC file because they are compatible. So NeoVim can run off your existing VimRC file. You can copy it. A lot of people symlink it because they keep bouncing back and forth. They keep changing things and they're not ready to commit. Um, so to answer your question, you don't have to worry about it. It doesn't overrate or or go over any of your existing Vim files unless you tell it to, because it can. It, you can tell it, hey, use this path for my you know undos or my workspaces or whatever you want to do. You can do that, but you have to configure it. Out of the box, it does not do that, so you're safe. There we go. Those are my Vim answers. I I had fought my biggest Vim battle last week, and it almost caused me to stop my little experiment and go all the way back to my Vim configuration that I wasn't fully happy with originally. And it turned out that entire time, and this is weird, I've been touting how I, I, I'd fallen in love with Tmux and all my terminal sessions now are TMUX sessions. I was having this really weird behavior in, in Vim. When I started up Vim, it did this weird thing where I got all these zeros at the bottom and it always fucked up my code somewhere. And it turned out it wasn't, it wasn't Vim. It was a setting. I, I think it was a setting in TMUX. Well, I know it's a TMUX issue because if I'm not in TMUX, I don't see the behavior at all. And the only the only setting I can think of is I have this weird thing. In Vim, you can do uh, your uh, leader, c- control A. You can do control A, and it will increment a number that's under the cursor by one. You can do control X, and it will lower it by one. Seems sounds weird. Sounds weird. I, I, yeah, I, but I, use, I use it all the time. Use, <laughs> me too. So in Tmux, I switch my binding key to control a because uh, the def- the default one is like control b so uh-huh. to get that to work in vim i have to hit control a control a and it works i think that's that is screwing up with my um my vim i haven't nailed it down it just resurfaced like literally before the show started it resurfaced i'm like fuck 
how did this come back? So I gotta, I gotta keep messing around with it. But I'll show you. I'll, I'll share. I'll share stuff with you, John, and you can show me what what you got. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. Pretty happy. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at right now. I, I'm still missing a few things, but pretty happy with it. Okay, definitely want to check with it Finn. out. Hey, guess what I bought today? What'd you buy? I bought Eric and I tickets to Longhorn PHP. Not saying we're going. Are you I going? We, we did it because you told us to. You yes. literally told us to do it last week. Yes, and you've communicated literally zero until now. It's still oh months God. away. So I I wanted to buy the tickets to support the conference whether I go or not. Is basically what it boils down to. I want to so go, still, so still but not I don't an know. answer. Still... But I still don't know if I'm going or not. Not helpful at all. I mean, you, you understand go. traveling for me is like a commitment, like a like a wedding planning situation. Where well, like plan, plan we, of course and then can. you can back out if you want to. Wow, that's how anxiety works. <laughs> well, you are, I will let you, are you know. Attempting the, to introduce an intentional crisis for me. The, the conference is October 14th. I will let you know on October 10th if I'm going or not. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even mincing words. It's just going to be homicide. <laughs> Darling Data, you, you asked about raffling off tickets. That if we if we end up don't not even, going for whatever reason, start. for whatever reason if Eric and I don't go, we are definitely raffling the tickets off to listeners. I can I can I can just hear all the Diego Devil police right now. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> if they if they listen, yeah, you can they, hear they, them they're in the they're raffle. Audible from here. From here, they're saying, "What the fuck, dude?" <laughs> oh my god! I just don't know where the you world's know when you be don't in, say in what the fuck. When? You don't say what the fuck when you know what's going on in, at uh, you, when you know what's going on on your server. Honey Badger transforms you into a DevOps hero by combining error, uptime, and cron monitoring into a single easy-to-use platform. Stop wasting your time tailing logs and deploy with swagger. Visit honeybadger.io today to level up. Thanks for your sponsorship, Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. Thanks, Honey Badger. For real, I'm not uh, in DevOps, which to, which this week has pissed me off because I want to get Honey Badger going it's like so much on one of my systems and the devops guy was like no we have a bunch of like strung together characters as a service that i don't i've never heard of <laughs> it's awful well, take, take control way. man take control say do you know who i am i have a podcast i will talk shit about you for weeks okay there's already i already have one coworker who found out and listens to the podcast and and now i now i have to like be careful about what I say, and he's really, really, really good programmer. He's really mean. A good programmer. No, we like. He's him. really. That's nice. not what you told us earlier. He's That's really not nice what you said before the show, Tom. He is. Why are you changing ass. your story, Tom? My God, <laughs> Jesus, Christ. so bizarre. You had how such more mean, colorful language mean? about him. Which one of these? Mean? Come on, Tom. <laughs> For some reason, I can only mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> you should really take advantage of that more frequently. <laughs> You know I do. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 I've, I've been called out several times, and again recently, about being too mean to Tom. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Seriously, mm-hmm. I get I get hammered on more than anybody else on this show. Oh, you and get hammered. No. That's different. Well, that's true. <laughs> I just 
Fucking Costco, stop carrying my uh, my scotch. I got serious problems here in San Diego. Costco doesn't carry Lagavulin anymore, and that's a huge problem because they were the cheapest by far. I might have to start paying retail for this stuff. I am not happy. And I don't have as much as I normally have in 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 stock. I, I so think I'm I still have the I still have the same bottle that our employees bought us a few years ago. If you're running out, yeah, yeah, I don't think mine made it home. So <laughs> no, I know it I break didn't my... make it home. It's in the insurance report. <laughs> I, I, I break mine out at poker games, and I don't, I don't have nearly enough of those. Never broken one out at a poker game I've been to. Oh, you make me bring my own. I Jesus, man. Correct. Our yes. relationship has gone horrible. Horrible. Can I, I want you to know. can I go off topic here for a second and say I've noticed something interesting that people have lost a year. And it's not, I know, some grand observation or anything like that, except that people have lost a year in a way that they they sort of don't understand. A lot of people I've been talking to lately are reflect on things that have happened to them in their lives and they're a year off in their estimate, like a full year off. So like I remember when we went climbing or on on this this one hike at Red Rocks and it was amazing you know and that was last year and I'm like no that was 2 years ago or like I remember when this podcast started and that was like we've been doing it now ago. we've been yeah we've been doing it now for 4 years I'm like no it's been 5 it's this very deja vu-esque thing where it's like it's just a slip of the mind where you you're not putting things together like your last uh your last physical with your doctor so yeah i haven't had a physical in a year and then you look at the timeline of it and it's actually been two years the look eric is giving me is so <laughs> so disheartening i'm so confused this was earlier in the day a profound statement because i have a lot of friends who this has happened to where like they, they were saying like hey you know i remember when this thing happened and my child was 16 years old and you say like well no that they were 15 that was two years ago you're missing a whole year of nothing happened and even for people who are introverts like myself who don't do a whole lot just like the 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 mental math of things is a year off i'm very uh disheartened by the complete lack of response from either of you <laughs> i'm trying to figure out where it's going it wasn't going anywhere how about some doom and gloom huh I would love some doom and gloom. We haven't done doom and gloom in a while, and I've sort of we have a dedicated uh, channel in Discord for doom and gloom. I thought I'd just run through a little bit of this. The big thing this week is that some families went to sleep in Texas with their house at a nice seventy degrees and woke up and their air conditioner was set to seventy four degrees. It turns out that they had enrolled in a. Uh, promotion to win a gift certificate or cruise or something like that and the rules of the promotion were hey as your power company we get to control your smart thermostat up to four degrees up or down depending on the grid usage and so a the texas ERCOT energy company this week did that and people who had gone to sleep in a comfortable temperature while they were trying to save energy at the same time found themselves waking up at an uncomfortable temperature because the power company decided they needed to save money on them. That's fascinating. I, I don't know if you, I, I don't know if this is a San Diego thing or if this is a nationwide thing, but you can actually, 
it sounds like the same plan here. You can register with the yes. power company and they will do this. And I, I have, I told my wife, we are absolutely not doing that because first thing they kill your air conditioning when you want, when you need air when conditioning, need like it. when, when you, when it's the heat wave and you need air conditioning, they won't let you turn it on. I'm right. like that, that that's no, we're not doing that. We're paying so, the bill. We have solar. I will use the air conditioning during the day if I want to. I'm not putting a strain on their grid. They're already mad at me because I'm using solar. Now they want me to not use my solar to run my air conditioning because they're having issues with their grid. The whole reason I have solar is to take to take the stress off your grid and you yeah. keep coming at me about that fact. Now Fuck your company your company is SDG&E which is a multitude of problems. But SDG&E is one of the companies that has a free smart thermostat program where if you sign up, they will send you a smart thermostat of some kind and totally for free. And what's in the fine print is we can control your thermostat when we need to control load. Also, we don't care about your current living situation. We're unaware of how many uh, babies or elderly people are in your house we just want to control our grid. This is one of those rights that people can give away that they should legally not be allowed to give away, in my opinion. Because my my question is, why would they not lower it to put strain on the grid so that they could charge you more? Ah, that's well, because they're already them. charging you for the fire they started three years ago. Well, yeah, but I mean, okay, so the there's not as much strain on the grid right now. We we have plenty of capacity. Let's just knock everyone down a degree or two. Well, use up some of this extra capacity we have. If you live in the San Diego area, you know about the uh, the nuclear breasts. I'll call them (laughs) between Camp Pendleton Mm -hmm. and San Diego, Mm -hmm. uh, which has been shut down now for ten years. So to them, it's not about capacity; it's about it's not about cost; it's about capacity because they don't run a sliding scale. They're still under some contracts with the government that they can only change prices so much. What they care about is grid stability. And they're not capable of providing the stable grid that they say they can provide, so they will screw customers to provide it. It's the modern brownout. I want to make a proposal for the show. If you're not talking geek, you're not talking PHP, you're limited to a two-minute window. Fair. You guys have ledger wallets, don't you? No, I don't have a ledger wallet actually. What what we don't have any I don't have any physical wallet actually. You talking about for like cryptocurrency or Yeah. I I don't have anything on it anymore, but yes, I do. For those that don't know, a ledger wallet is a hardware wallet for cryptocurrency. And I've never heard it was, called a ledger wallet, but okay. Well, ledger is a brand. That's a brand. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't have ledger then. Uh, so the Ledger website got hacked and the contact information for a lot of users got leaked. Uh, and hackers jumped on this and said, hey, we can't steal their cryptocurrency with just their contact information, but we can tell them that there's a bug in their Ledger wallet and send them a replacement. And the replacement we send them can be modified to inject malware to steal their cryptocurrency, which is exactly what happened. So some people started receiving very official-looking replacement ledger wallets that they were told to plug into their computers that when they did so, injected malware into their computer designed specifically to steal cryptocurrency. I I don't know how official-looking it was. It came in a package, and it was instructions. And instructions were like on a Word document that 
didn't that caused some some concern for people but yeah i get what you're saying john i got a question for you oh i'm sorry were you not done tom please finish finish your uh, thought there i've got months of doom and gloom backlog here oh really because steak made you don't have you don't have uh you don't have anything in in trillo to share with the discord channel so whatever all right john did you watch that tailwind video i sent you did you send me a tailwind video you don't pay any attention. I don't know why we, we consider ourselves friends at all. I just put it in the Discord link. It'll be in the show notes. I am not. I, I, I say this all the time. Look, we made, we made Tom upset. He just walked away. He's done. I think he's left the show. He's, I don't know how we're going to stop the stream now. Uh, I, I, I say this all the time. I am not a, a front-end person by any means. But Tailwind... Well, the combination of Tailwind and, and Livewire, to be completely frank with you, uh, has made that kind of goal reachable to to a, a, a cruddy, crud-driven backend developer like myself. Um, and the Tailwind two point two was recent release, and there's just things going on in there. I'm like, holy crap! Why is everybody not using Tailwind? This is crazy. I mean, they they have they have their own JIT, their own just in time compiler, which seems very Did interesting they? to me. I I haven't I haven't implemented it myself yet, but it's there. But man, I, I I'm sharing a link in Discord. I, I I didn't I haven't looked at it, and I forgot to take notes to kind of give you guys more specifics. But there's all this such cool stuff in Tailwind now. It's it's it, to me, it's a complete game changer. I I feel yeah. like hmm? I was gonna say I do remember you sharing that. I did open it, and then I had a computer crash, and then I forgot to go back to it. <laughs> Check it out, and, and people in in Discord, it's in the Discord link. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, if 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 you've been curious about Tailwind or what all the hype is about, check check this video out. It's just so many layers of awesomeness in there. And like I said, for me, completely not a front-end person. It just makes doing front-end work more achievable. And I, I, I'm just really enjoying the more time I spend with Tailwind, I'm, the more I'm enjoying it. It has gotten me between, again, between Tailwind and Livewire, I, I'm finding myself changing my structure a lot. Like, I'm creating a lot more components, like form components. I create form components now just because I, I want to make sure I'm matching the same style on all my forms. And mm-hmm. But well, that, check that's it the, out. Check out the That's Tailwind the big stuff. thing with Vue, too, though, is Vue does the same thing where you create components, and it's not just form components, but any component. But you make it reusable mm-hmm. to make the look feel interaction with your website as cohesive as possible from page to page mm. or section to section. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I promise I will probably not check it out. Well, and <laughs> in that, in that same way, I mean, view as a view components as a sort of a universal UI UX language really requires something like tailwinds. Um, but we never talked about the tailwinds JIT controversy. Oh, there's a, oh, are you talking, oh, no, 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 not the JIT controversy. I'm not familiar with the JIT controversy. I know there was some controversy around Tailwind looked like it, it, it had mimicked 
another CSS sort of framework a lot had, had taken a lot of inspiration from it it didn't give them enough credit is well, that okay. kind of the so same thing the, you're talking the, about yeah the deal there was that that tailwind didn't give any credit and it wasn't that it was like slightly inspired by but it was walked through by the creator of the other framework um so there's windy css and the creator of windy css was contacted by adam wathen and Adam Wathen said, hey, your JIT thing is amazing, and I love it, and I want to learn more. And they had a conversation. Now, this is all from my understanding of the conversations. I know when we get into drama, I'm guaranteed to be wrong. But they most, had a, most of the time. They had a conversation, and <clears throat> Wendy is MIT licensed. There was no obligation for Adam to acknowledge the work that he had done with the creator of Wendy. But it was there was a lot of bad taste in the air that he had collaborated with this other creator of a JIT implementation and then implemented it in his own system and said, look what I made. Um, and as with all communication via Twitter, it, it wasn't great. There's not a lot of really good uh, forward thinking, non-confrontational conversation. So it was for a time a very, very controversial thing in the uh, CSS framework community, I want to say is a thing. So yeah, the, the, the JIT system is really, really cool. Okay, so Sarah is saying that MIT requires attribution and MIT requires attribution of copied code, but not copied conceptual implementation. So the inspiration for whatever the Tailwind's JIT ended up being doesn't have to be attributed. Attributed. Tom, do you have a link? I, I know the what what what's the other one called? Windy. I know that the Windy, Windy people yeah. did a big blog post on this. Did do you? Yeah. Have so it? there's there's it. a Y Combinator uh, breakdown of the whole situation that'll be available in our uh, show notes since we actually have them this week. Okay, that would be helpful. Appreciate that. But it's you know. It, this this is the thing with all developers who help other developers is when does attribution become an expectation versus a an appreciation for the time they spent with you individually? Do you thank your comp sci professors when you write something that revolutionizes the internet? Some people do, some people don't. Almost everything I write has a has an RE thanks Tim Berners Lee on it, but that's just me. That's a joke. <laughs> Straight, I like, don't get straight it. Faces. Every <laughs> joke I make, straight faces, just nothing. Uh, you got to understand for it to be a joke, it has to have some sort of humor aspect to it. That's where you fall short. So I tried explaining that to my kids, and my wife said I was just being mean. <laughs> so you're trying to say we're just being mean? Yes. If All I right. follow, I'll show. I follow I'll show. I'm logic. done. I'll, I'll show that how dumb I am. Who is Tim Berners Lee, the creator of the internet? I, I thought that was. Um, you're going to say What's Al Gore, name? and you're also re- you're also correct. See, I knew I was smart. Well, let's not get carried away. Hey, let's talk about John McAfee, McAfee, for like thirty seconds. Sure. He got accused of murdering somebody and extradi- extradited to America. And once the extradition went through, he was found dead in his jail cell. He had said a number of years ago during a photo shoot where he was holding a gun to his own head that if he was ever found dead in a jail cell, somebody did it to him. He's been crazy for a very long time. Eccentric. Yeah. 
<laughs> nope. No. He's been solidly crazy. He was eccentric. Was he like he was eccentric he like for a while. Bath salts and stuff. Oh yeah, he was eccentric he, he, for a while. Really good point. Then he went crazy. You don't really come back from full on rich crazy. So yeah, we will miss you, person who promotes terrible things with no research. Yeah, he he got he actually got busted. Uh, the reason he was in jail wasn't he in jail because of the. Was it the the cryptocurrency scam that he was a part of? That was one of them. Yeah. The, the extradition, I believe, was still about murder, but he was arrested for pyramid schemes involving crypto. Yeah, you know, couldn't have happened to a better guy. Hey, Eric, I'm going to change subjects. Remember that? Remember the mule sauce we got from Sticker Mule? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you tried it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's hot sauce. I mean, the whole point is it's supposed to be hot. But I, I was talking to somebody, and they have a good theory as to why we got that. All right, let's, let's bring everybody up to speed because it, it applies sure. to our Patreon sub- subscribers, our Patreon users. Matter of fact, why, yes. don't, why don't you go ahead and bring that up? Yes. So we, we went ahead and ordered uh, new stickers so that we could get all our reward packages out finally to all, all the people who support us on Patreon. And when I did the order, I said, hey, you qualified for... Uh, mule hot sauce and I'm looking at it. It looked like a sticker, like in the interface, it looked like a sticker. And so I told John, I'm like, hey, the hot the hot sauce. I'm like, hey, uh, you should be getting stickers today. By the way, there's a hot sauce mule sticker in there. I have no idea why it's there. They just kept adding it to the cart. We didn't pay for it, so just you know, give it to the kids or something. And John's like, uh, no, it, it wasn't a sticker. I'm like, oh, okay, well, whatever. He goes, it was hot sauce. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like it's, they're not they're not a hot sauce company. <laughs> it's a it was a full bottle of hot sauce. So I was talking to somebody and they have a good theory on it. A, okay. a, a few years ago, hot sauce was like the hot swag people were giving out. So they would make make their own swag, take it to a conference, and give it away. And for the past year, there's been no conferences. So they're like, "What are we gonna do with this? I don't know. I'll just give it to people that order shit from us." <laughs> <laughs> take this off our hands please this is like the most random thing to get in a sticker order was a bottle of hot sauce i'm like i i totally thought it, they were just gonna be random thing i just totally thought it was gonna be like a bunch of hot sauce stickers like it was like some gimmicky thing that they did and i never really gave it two thoughts after that could have been a branded so, bottle of lube. That would have been much more so random. If you're one of these fine people on the uh, now scrolling on our YouTube channel, Patreon list, thank you. Thank you for your support. And if you haven't gotten your reward packet, John's working on that. I am. We I actually were, have them right in my hands. We, I've been holding off because we've been talking about that other stuff. And I don't know if I should hold off for that or not. The Uggos. The Uggo stickers? Yeah. We can do that. I can I can get those ordered. Because I, I, I missed the I was gonna do I was gonna do a, a stack of stickers of our current logo as well to send out. So if you wanna if you do wanna hold off, I'll I'll go ahead and queue those up tomorrow and get those out to you. But Eric, how does one find our Patreon? It's pretty simple, Tom. You just go to patreon.com slash php ugly and you're there. We're there. We're there. Huh. Have we Pretty updated easy. our Patreon reward levels or anything in four years? <laughs> well, we added the sponsor level, which is <laughs> <We> Honey <did>. Badger. <laughs> we did. <laughs> 
and we keep giving way more rewards out than we actually say say we're gonna gonna give. We we always said we're gonna give away stickers. We've been sending people keychains and lanyards and whatever we have like bottles of hot sauce. We we just throw it in an envelope and send it to people. Yes. Next next new Patreon gets a bottle of sticker mule hot sauce. Now you got now you have to do that, John. An open it, bottle it's containing our very own John Congdon's DNA. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you mouthed the top of the hot sauce. Usually. Okay. How, else do you, how else do you taste it? Yeah, no. I'm a hot sauce guy, too. I, now I'm jealous. I have, I have a whole shelf in my refrigerator of hot sauces. And when, when I go out to eat, I'll, you know, if I know what I'm getting, I'll grab one of them. And take it with me. I love hot sauces. I I go pretty extreme. Have I ever told you about the ducks? Mm-mm. No, doesn't sound familiar. It, I'm only reminded just because you told me you're a hot sauce person. One day, whilst in my <sighs> early twenties and drunk, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. Uh, I was at Seven Eleven and they had like a straight from China giant bag of rubber ducks that didn't meet the uh, QA standards of the production line, just like dent and ding rubber ducks. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was drunk. So I bought them. It was like Makes 30, sense. 30 rubber ducks for like $10. Really what a deal. This is leading into hot sauce. Well, no, because you're a hot sauce person. And what I didn't okay. realize, what I didn't realize was with that single purchase and putting those around my house, I became the rubber duck person. Mm-hmm. So someone like for my birthday was like, Hey, here's a, a, a cool rubber duck I found. And I, I bought it for you. Cause I thought of you when I saw it and I immediately had to throw all of my rubber ducks away. Like I just had well, to see, trash the whole system because I'm not the rubber you, duck you, guy. You could have given them to you James Veach. Everybody, everybody who's listening to my voice right now, please send Tom rubber ducks. He uh, says the PhD elephant I, guy. Oh, I, I, James well, no, Veach, I'm, if I'm you're a, listening, send all your rubber ducks. To don't him. know who that is. You got to look him up. If he's Hilarious. a rubber duck, I'll be amazed. He 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 does. <laughs> he's a comedian. And you you will know him when you see his videos. He does a lot of the responding to scammers videos. And What's his name? Oh yeah, James Beach. James but he, he, Beach. But he also did this comedy thing with rubber ducks. It was pretty funny. Don't recognize him at all. What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I've seen this guy. He has a TED talk actually. Yeah, TED talk he where he does really the same thing. Good. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah. You're right. The the scammers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He does a great TED Talk, man. It's hysterical. If you have, I'm putting this in Discord. I'm putting this in Trello. <laughs> You've got to watch this TED Talk. It's he's a funny dude. No, if you if you now feel like sending me a rubber duck, hundred percent, I'm okay with that. But being the person who was identified as by somebody else as the rubber duck guy in my early twenties was like I I could feel the cold closing in on my heart. It was very bad. <laughs> So I, I've always been, like, my entire family knows, and a lot of my friends know, if you want to give me a gift and you don't want to think about it, just make sure it has a Batman on it and you're good. And it, it's legit, yes. right? Yeah. I mean, I I actually enjoy getting duplicates of Batman stuff because I will keep one unboxed and then I can play with the other one. And the things people get me never cease to amaze me my mother-in-law one year got me a batmo uh, a used batmobile big wheel that she got at a yard sale 
This year, I think it got topped by everybody when my wife for Father's Day got me a Batman toaster that toasts the little Batman symbol in the bread. That's pretty good. <laughs> my my kid, my kid looks at her and goes, "Jesus, mom, we have a really nice toaster. Why did you do that?" She's like, "No, we're good. This is his first one. He won't play with it. Just don't get him another one." <laughs> Just keep it away from the bathtub. But unfortunately, it's one of those ones, like, I've got to see if this works. I haven't done it yet, but it's like, it's making me, making my brain itch. I want Batman toast in the morning now. <laughs> you know, there is a little bit of Batman news this week. No, I don't. One of those, one of those Batman items that you'll never see is the Batman Dental Dam. <laughs> why Why do you go there with this? Because it's true. It was confirmed this week that during an episode of Harley Quinn. I'm like, I mean, I know it's true. I got three of them. What? Batman. <laughs> Batman was supposed to oh, exclusively yeah. pleasure Catwoman. Mm-hmm. And DC said, heroes don't do that. They were like, yeah, no, that's that's the line. Like the line we were talking that about, is, that that's, is... that's it right there. <laughs> and of course, Twitter gave me the best response to that is if batman doesn't do that why does he hair- wear a hat with handles <laughs> please end the show just end the freaking show will you please it's been an hour and 30 minutes i think that's the end of this show we need to wrap this up you can't you can't be yeah <laughs> we're not going down that path. i haven't i have an admission and to i'm the bad guy i'm the bad guy in the show you you all remember that when you're sending me that hate mail like you remember yeah. these these yeah. conversations. That that should be a, a reflective moment for you, not a not an excuse. Huh? What? Where's sure. that? I've been watching a Where's lot of Hoarders. Back? Hoarders is is such an amazing show, but good God, it's depressing. Go ahead. just end this show already. I threw it to you to end the show, and you didn't. Okay, that's you it. Go. <laughs> We're done. Episode two hundred and forty-two. In the back, in the books. <laughs> the back Eric. sack, the bachelor. I'm Eric. I'm Eric. Please, please finish. <laughs> I'm, the John. Show. I'm John. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do, listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish, I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric, yo, he's never on some average shit, you know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate, I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song, yo, shout the host named Thomas, cause he's never wrong, yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot, I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me, shout out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless you with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.